Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 10 The Queen of the Field Mice It is uncertain the amount of time Mr. was out before he was awakened by the soft tickle of a small, cold nose on his painted ear. His eyes faded back and opened as he turned his head to see what was there. A mouse? Not just any mouse, though. This mouse was strange. A small jeweled crown adorned its head, and a red velvet cape was draped over its back. Oh, said Mr. unenthusiastically. It's a mouse. Have you come here to mock me too, little mouse? Little mouse? she replied in a high-pitched, squeaky voice. I will have you know that I am more than just a little mouse. I am the queen of the field mice, and I have come to help you if help is what you need. Mister was filled with a short-lived sense of relief when he heard the word help. <sighs> I don't know if you can help me, he said. My problem is pretty big. Shah, said the mouse. There is no problem too big for I, the queen of the field mice, and of course my loyal subjects. What is your pretty big problem? Well, it's my friend. My best friend. My only friend. She fell asleep in the poppies, and in trying to save her myself, I lost my arms. Scarecrows aren't particularly strong, he said in a sad voice. Well, that does sound like quite the conundrum you have going for yourself, replied the queen. She squeaked a couple squeaks, and within seconds thousands of field mice began to appear. They climbed down trees, crawled out from under rocks, popped out of tiny holes in the earth, and amassed around this one tiny mouse with a crown. Mister was in complete awe of the grand spectacle, and felt a little bit foolish for not taking her more seriously when he first met her. He managed to raise himself to his feet, and looked down over the sea of mice and back at the queen. Uh... Do you have any idea how to save her? he asked. The queen described her plan in great detail. It was simple, really. Send all the mice out to Dorothy. Then they would lift her up and bring her back, along with Mr.'s arms. Mr. Scarecrow listened intently and nodded along, but ultimately came to the conclusion that while the plan, well-meaning as it was, was not likely to work. It's just that, not to belittle you or your subject, your majesty, but won't you all fall asleep in the field, just like my friend? You would be surprised, replied the queen. We can run fast enough, 
that the field will not have time to affect us. We will be in and out in no time at all. It's just that, I mean, she's not a heavy girl by any means, but she's far heavier than any of you, and even me for that matter. I mean, I'm sure you could run in and out without fail. It's just, can you run in and out while carrying a person? If one of you should fall, it might cause a collapse, and anything underneath her would, you know. He winced a little at the thought of, you know. The queen looked at him, and then at her legion, and then at the field. Hmm, you're right. We would probably be crushed. I guess we'll need another plan. Everyone was silent for a moment before Mr. was struck with an uncharacteristically good idea. I got it, he exclaimed. In my front pocket, I have a spool of thread. It's enchanted with a spell that prevents it from ever running out. We could use it to create a rope and then tie it to Dorothy's, that's her name, feet and pull her out to safety. The queen thought about this for a few seconds, once again looking over her legion and the field in question. I think that might just work, she said with a royal air of confidence in her tiny voice. Not a bad idea for a man with straw for brains, she smiled and chuckled. And so the mice took the spool and ran out long lengths of thread side by side and wound them into a small yet sturdy rope. Five mice ran the rope out to Dorothy and tied it around her legs while placing Mr.'s arms on her body in the process. The rest of the mice looped the other end of the rope around the branch of a large nearby tree and began to pull. It took some time and effort, but together they managed to get Dorothy out of the field and to the safety of the village. When Dorothy came to, her vision was blurred, she rubbed her eyes in an attempt to gain some clarity, only to find Mr. being repaired by a small mouse wearing a crown and a cape. She rubbed her eyes again. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, she said with a tinge of curiosity in her voice. It's about time you woke up. I am the queen of the field mice the mouse said as she finished the last stitch on Mr.'s arm. Queen? Wh where am I? What happened? And how did I even get here? Asked Dorothy, rubbing her head. She looked around and saw the beautiful field behind her, and a couple of shifty-looking munchkins not too far away, leering at her. Mr. explained what happened how she had fallen asleep, and how he failed to rescue her. The queen explained how it was Mr.'s idea to create a rope and to pull her out. Dorothy listened to the story, and as unbelievable as it was, she believed it. Things were already to the point that it was hard to dismiss anything as anything other than the truth. After all, she had survived a fall that should have killed her, in a land without color, 
was wearing a magic ring, traveling with a talking scarecrow, attacked by trees, and nearly killed by a lion, only to be saved by, and then nearly killed by, a maniacal man made of metal. Being saved by a royal crown and cape-wearing queen mouse, and of course her legion of loyal mouse subjects, seemed to be one of the more believable things to happen to her in the last couple of days. Dorothy nodded along until the story was over, and responded with a kind, Thank you. Both of you. I I don't think I've ever met anyone that would go through so much trouble just to make sure I was alive. Dorothy's father had passed away when she was small, too small to really remember. She loved her mother and remembered her with fondness, but she passed away when Dorothy was only seven. She knew in her heart that her mother would have laid down her life for her, if that's what it came to, though it never would. As for Uncle Henry and Aunt Em, well, they would have done nearly anything for her. But this valiant effort on Mr. and the Queen's part still somehow seemed like it was more than her adoptive parents would have done. Stranded in the nostalgia and rifling through the old memories that were flooding her head brought tears to her eyes. She wiped them away as she brought herself back to the reality that was now Oz and the collection of strange characters that seemingly cared so deeply for her, despite hardly even knowing her. Thank you, Dorothy said once again. No worries, said the queen. But you should really get going. These munchkins cannot physically hurt you, but that is not to say you are safe here. Simply follow the road of yellow bricks, and you will find your way to a much more welcoming place. Looking at Dorothy's ring, she added, I'm sure you already know that, though. And with a smile, she jumped from Mr. Scarecrow's shoulder, and scurried away, her loyal subjects close behind her.